Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, 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 very pleasant good morning to you. This is Patrick Tim Pone and OneRadioNetwork.com. If you're watching our videos on BitChute, uh, please subscribe and hit the little bell thing and we'll alert you every time we put up a new show, which is pretty much every morning. We have links to our store and to our current fundraising event going on on July 25 on the video, underneath the video on BitChute, on, uh, you'll see that there. If you're live here this morning with us on July 25, and you'd like to join the show, two ways to do it, 888-663-6386, email patrick at oneradionetwork.com. It's a few minutes after 10 o'clock when we... Uh, and conclude our visit with our first guest, Dr. Stephen Hussey. Uh, we will do a little thing on one of my favorite subjects, which is time. Uh, it's one of my passions in life to understanding this whole idea of time, which we know doesn't exist. And I continue, I, you know that clock, just, I, that, <laughs> I continue to get downloads from Divine, Divine Spirit and quite had quite a long uh, session with it, or it, or who, or whatever it is, a couple of nights ago when my body was sleeping, and we got more information on how this all works. All this stuff is out there. It's not that I'm some smart, evolved guy, and I know, you know I have no idea what I'm doing. And you know, spirit just downloads stuff, and you say, "Well, that's interesting." You write it down and think about it, and then what else are you going to do but share it? So we're going to talk about time. Again, more of it, more of something that doesn't exist. That's a conundrum right there after our first guest. Dr. Hussey's an interesting fellow. I'm not sure I came across him. I think it was his work with uh, uh, the heart. He has two books. One is about the heart and uh, evolution thing, and, and we'll, we'll talk about it. And he is in southwest Virginia. He's a chiropractor and also a master nutrition guy. His name is Dr. Stephen Hussey, and we will welcome him now. Good morning, Dr. Hussey. You're looking good. Taking care of yourself, you look like. Good morning. Good to see you. Yeah, nice to see you. So you're a chiropractor, a bone, a bone, bone cracker guy. Yeah? Where'd you learn that? Yeah. Uh, I went to University of Western States in, in Portland, Oregon. Uh, so I got my chiropractic degree and the master's degree in nutrition was there as well. Um, but uh, I'm from the East Coast, so I'm living over here now. Yeah, and do you do a specific type of a chiropractor? And you like to put a name to it, like there's nuca, upper cervical, there's all kinds of stuff. Do you have a particular yeah. kind that you operate under? I mainly use diversified adjusting, uh, which is just manual, you know, with my hands adjusting. Uh, so the te- technique is called diversified. Um, but, uh, but yeah, then I also do like online health consulting and help people manage complex chronic conditions uh, in an online setting. So, yeah. yeah. I like to play uh, quite a bit of, uh, with uh, my neck in the middle of the morning, in the middle of the night when I wake up and have nothing to do, talk to God and stretch, you know. And I'm just fascinated of how some little spot in the neck, some engram or, you know, trapped emotion, whatever it is, you probably mm-hmm. have a better idea than I do, where, in how it can be connected to everything in the body. Where you can get in there and sometimes, Doc, you feel it, and you get this little. And all of a sudden, something in your stomach just goes, ooh. 
How? Yeah, there's, there's actually how studies works. that yeah. show how this works. Yeah. yeah, how there's actually studies that show that with the manipulation with the chiropractic adjustment, um, not just chiropractic, but lots of different ways of adjusting, um, that uh, electromagnetic fields, like the compatible electromagnetic fields are emitted, light is emitted, um, and all that information is communicated through the collagen tissue network of our body, the fascia system, the tensegrity system. Um, like literally um, that, um, that collagen is with fourth phase water on the outside of it is a semiconductor that literally communicates that information instantly everywhere throughout the body. Um, this is what it's, it's what uh, creates coherence in the body, which means that everything's kind of on the same page and operating as what's best for the whole rather than functioning individually. Um, so, you know, and that's measured through heart rate variability, but, um, but yeah, that's kind of how chiropractic in my mind works uh is creating coherence and flow of uh, that information throughout the body excellent we recently had uh, dr pollock on again and did a whole little talk about fourth phase of water and so, so what's your understanding of that and how do you utilize it in your life dr hussey in, in your work fourth phase water yeah so yeah. um i mean we're all told that we're you know 60 70 80 percent water right but right. But the water in my body, or most of it anyways, is is not this liquid type water that you know is is uh, we find in our that comes out of our faucet or whatever. Um, it's more of a gel, you know. It's this fourth phase, this structured water, this easy water. Lots of different names for it, um, and you can see that. You know, if you grab the tissue of your forearm, it's a gel, right? It doesn't. It acts kind of like jelly. You can push it and it bounces back. It's not liquid. I don't slosh around like a waterbed. Um, but there is some liquid water in my body. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this water is literally what's, I think, driving physiology. It's what's driving life. It can store information and store emotions. Like I said, it can communicate semiconductor. It's a liquid crystal. Um, so you, when you, um, when you shine light into it, it literally communicates all different wavelengths of light everywhere else. And so it's incredibly important that we maintain this water in our body, like every single cell in our body has the cytoplasm which is this fluid but that's structured water or it should be for for healthy uh-huh. um but the water is what allows us our all, every single one of our cells to be linked up and communicating to the rest of the cells in our body um so if it if it's not there or if it's not structured well or the collagen network's not intact then a cell could perhaps think that it's on its own and how is it supposed to do what's best for the whole if it thinks that it's on its own it can't communicate to the cell right next to it Mm. Um, and then things, you know, can go awry. The cell starts doing things that are best for it, which to me describes cancer cells. So, um, so yeah, you know, that's the importance of this, this water, but from a coherence perspective, um, you know, coherence is not just the ability of every cell in our body to communicate to each one of us as uh, each other cell as a whole, but also to other human beings to put off that, um, energy to the other human beings, um, to the earth, to the cosmos, like everything that's coherence just goes up and up. Um, and so, in, in, and then just not just, you know, that, but also like in our communities and, and just every living thing, you know, be, um, picking up those energies from those things. And if we don't have good coherence because the, either the water's not structured like it should be, or the collagen network is, is off, or there's trapped or stored emotions or scar tissue or things like that, it interferes with that, that ability of the body to, um, to have coherence and then, and then we we get disease, right? Yeah. That's pretty much the big picture bird's eye view. Look at it. I like that. Yeah, well said. You know, to me, Doc, it almost feels like the the lack of coherence is is a mistaken idea that um, we're separate from anything, and there that is that it is. Well, we we know it's just all one, 
blob of God, or however you want to say it, right? And everything's communicating with everything. And it feels to me like when I forget that, and I think that I'm separate from something, separate from my neck, or something, separate from my stomach, or separate from my girlfriend, or whatever, then things go awry. You know, we lose coherence. Does that make yeah, yeah, we you know we have to kind of be linked up and kind of tapped in to this this energy that's mm-hmm. literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, um, you know, society through through you know I guess medical science and and medicine has been taught that that's not a thing. Um, that you know everybody's individual, um, right. and there's this bio individuality, which there is a little bit of that, but we are all linked up or should all be linked up. Um, in this, in this energy, this network, whatever you want to call it, there's lots of different names for it over the years. Lots of different cultures have had different names for it. Um, and if we become out of touch with that, we see disease. So like if that happens at a cellular level, we see cancer, a cell starts doing what's best for it, which is rapidly dividing, um, and trying to survive that way. Um, you know, at a society level, you know, what, um, I think that, you know, most of the you know, the unfortunate events that happen, like school shootings and things like that, those individuals are completely removed from society. They're not in touch with that community, with that energy field that for, because of different reasons that society has, has kind of implemented, which is unfortunate. And so um, we see that that happen and then they start to, you know, lash out and at society. And so it's just an interesting concept to apply to different levels of, of, uh, of coherence and, and of, of society, you know? Yeah. It's so easy for us to really think of uh, things even in the body as being separate, right? And you, mm. I've seen that even, I've played around this concept of heartburn for several years, and after two or three years of looking at it, <laughs> I really figured out that, the, that I was the one causing the burn, and then, you know, there was nothing wrong with pH or, you know, whatever acid, you know, after you go down those rabbit holes. And I really saw in the inner worlds when my body was sleeping, my teacher spirit kind of showed me it was just me it was just patrick trying to stop the pain get rid of the pain don't like the pain does that make sense it was just me making the pain and the more i tried to change the pain the worse it got so i was the pain as well what's that old cartoon about we've met the enemy and it is us was that was that peanuts or one of the one of those yeah yeah does that make sense yeah which makes yeah. which makes complete sense you know yeah. um you know we we manifest those types of things and and one of the i think one of the uh, kind of things that i like to kind of visualize that is like tell yourself the truth you know um because the truth kind of sets you free and there's all these different things that we tell ourselves yeah about whatever you know to justify the way we think or the way we feel or the way or what we do or whatever mm-hmm. um and lots of times that's not the truth because we're telling us this, ourselves a story <laughs> right and rather, we should tell ourselves the truth because that's the only way you're going to get to the bottom of something. Even if that truth's uncomfortable, yeah, you tell yourself the truth, and and that may be that it puts the blame back on you, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then, but but it's only when you confront that that the issue goes away. So, tell yourself the truth. Tell the truth all the time, but tell yourself the all truth right. especially. I love that. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Isn't it fascinating how we'll, we we much better tell ourselves this story rather than to get real, you know and I like to mm-hmm. look at it like talking to me and talking to God and talking all at once and just saying, you know, I, wow, I really think, well, the truth is that I'm really concerned about this, right? And, and sometimes that's even hard to say for some reason, isn't it? If you, 
Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah. Sometimes we even just brush it off. Yeah. We say, oh, that can't be. That you can't know, be. we just don't even, instead of telling stuff a story, we just ignore it altogether, uh-huh. which is also a form of in truth, you know, or untruth. So, yeah, um, yeah it's fascinating. That must add to healing uh, in your work where it, is it, it must be more difficult to work with people if somebody's holding on to a lot of ideas that just aren't so, you know, yeah, it, it definitely interferes with that coherence, uh-huh. right? And mm-hmm. and if they're interfering with their own coherence through that, then, you know, as many adjustments as I give them, as many lifestyle strategies as I have them change, you know, there's always going to be something that's holding them up um, from from achieving that true coherence where, where the body is communicating um, mm-hmm. and on the same page. Yeah. Do you, do you think it's possible to clear out um, what we would call a disease or an imbalance without something happening on the spiritual level? Um, well, it depends on the person, right? Um, you know, there, there's, but I'd say yes, the majority of people have something to, to achieve or something to gain on the spiritual level. Um, so, so yeah, um, I think that, you know, lots of times trauma can get stored in the body, um, whether that's a self-inflicted trauma or other traumas uh, they can get stored in the the collagen network they can get stored in uh, the water and you know um you know, there's plenty of people dr Yamoto and dr and uh, veda austin have shown that yeah. you know water stores sto- stores uh memories um and and information and so if that stuff is not resolved uh, which sometimes will take a level of spiritual work to do uh then yeah you're you're definitely interfering with your ability to achieve true coherence and health yeah we're talking with dr stephen hussey his website is resourceyourhealth.com. He has a couple of books, Understanding the Heart and the Health Evolution. And we're going to talk about both of those. I see on his website, he promotes uh, our favorite, the Far Infrared Sauna, which we promote a lot. And I'm going to play a little uh, audio of, a, of a, some PhD science geek that I found. Somebody sent me an audio all about the heart and infrared technology and how much it benefits the heart. So um, talk about you and your interest in the heart and how you came up upon writing a book about it and thinking, contemplating this wonderful thing called the heart. Yeah, I mean, you know, like most people in this health space, it was my own personal journey. You know, I was I had a lot of chronic conditions as a kid, just a lot of inflammatory things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've since gotten rid of all those except for type 1 diabetes, which is kind of this collateral damage that happened uh, when I was a kid because of this inflammation. And so that heavily predisposed me to heart disease, mm-hmm. uh, or so I was told, you know, throughout <laughs> my childhood of seeing endocrinologists. And it was always, you know, your, your blood vessels are going to get damaged more and, and that kind of thing. So I've always just had this interest in heart disease and figuring out, you know, what causes it. Um, and so every time I hear anything about it, my ears just perked up and I had no filter. I didn't care how crazy it sounded. I wanted to know the information, you know, sometimes it did sound crazy, but then I'd read three other things and be like, oh, that wasn't so crazy, you know? So it's just, um, I just found myself with a lot of information about the heart and I started sharing it uh, through different um, means on social media and stuff and people seemed to like it. So I wrote this book and, you know, a lot of what I found was very contrary to what I was taught in, in, uh, in my medical training or what the conventional wisdom is. And so I really have have delved into this uh, quite a lot as far as all the literature. And I found that, you know, the heart is not 
what moves the blood, that heart attacks don't happen because of stenosis and arteries that build up over time. Stents don't work. Bypass surgeries don't work. Uh, this is just what all of the, the research reflects. Heart cancer is very rare, um, which is amazing to me that we haven't studied that in depth and figured out why, because that could give us a template for how to you know, prevent cancer the rest of the body. Just all these fascinating things. The heart has taught me so much uh, just about, about life and about physiology uh, that uh, I kind of have this extreme gratitude for this organ yeah. uh, that has taught me so much. And, and uh, I'll continue looking into it as, as long as I live. Yeah. So uh, the, the, the idea that Dr. Cowan has put forth and wrote a book about it, The Heart is Not a Pump idea, uh, it, is, it is a ram pump, isn't it? Or it, it just puts, puts out whatever it's put in. Is that, is that the way that works? However it comes yeah. in, the same amount comes out, right, Doc? Yeah, it's more hydraulic in nature in that, you know, it's only operated because there's something flowing into it already. So that mm-hmm. flow into it is creating a pressure that, you know, the the um, the ram pump, the hydraulic ramp kind of rearranges and then, you know, uses the hydraulic pressure to push out somewhere else. There are a few differences between a hydraulic ram and a pump uh, or in a, in a pressure propulsion pump um, or the heart, but the heart is a uh, um, like in the, in the hydraulic ram pressure builds up into a chamber and then it gets so much that it pushes it back out. Whereas the heart does contract. Um, but the reason it contracts is to vortex the blood, um, to spiral it kind of like when water's rushing past a rock or down a waterfall, it's the same type of thing. Um, but, um, but yeah. And then there's also like a spill valve in a hydraulic ram and there's not a spill valve in a, in a heart. Their heart's really two hydraulic rams put together, both, you know, a left side and a right side. Um, but, uh, but otherwise, yeah, it functions more similar to a hydraulic ram and the thing of how hydraulic ram works is like I said, it has to have something flowing into it to operate. And so the flow of blood is being created through other mechanisms in the body so that that hydraulic ram, um, of the heart works like it's supposed to, um, which the reason it's there is to vortex blood so that blood can structure itself in the lining of the artery. Um, fourth base water can structure itself. Oh, so it's actually vortexing when it's going through, kind of like Schallenberger in the, in the, over the rocks in the, in the water, and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Cool. So, and if you look at the orientation of the heart muscle fibers, mm-hmm. there's a, one scientist in Spain, um, and there's a bunch of other ones that have followed him, called Francisco Torrent Quasman. He found that the heart is just basically one big band of muscle that's wrapped up on itself. So when it does contract, it does so in this spiral-like nature. And then, you know, the very inner muscle fibers of the chambers of the heart are spiral in nature. So when it does contract, it, it does more like a, a spin of like a football, you know, as it's being thrown through the air. Um, and that uh, mm-hmm. that vortexing is one of the ways that we can energize water so that when it gets next to a hydrophilic surface in the body, which is pretty much all biological surfaces, um, it can structure itself. Um, it can form this gel-like water onto the lining of the artery. And that gel-like water, um, it uh, creates a battery. So it creates a charge-charge separation, a positive or a negative where the um, gel water is. And then the hydrogens all are positive. And so it creates this charge separation that, you know, when you see a battery, there's a positive and negative end. And that creates work. It does work, um, creates energy. And so that propels the fluid um, in the blood. And so that's how the blood moves mainly. There's other ways that it moves too. There's paramagnetism uh, and there's electrostatic properties and different things like that that keep it all moving cohesively. Um, but uh, that's the main way. And that's that's what drives the fluid, not just blood, but also lymphatic fluid, cerebral spinal fluid, Everything. all the different liquids in our body move in that nature. So I, it almost sounds like you're describing 
everything, God, nature, everything is supporting our human body to to live and to survive and thrive, right? It's everything is helping us to just right, just keep going. Yeah, it's fascinating. Everything. Actually, yeah. there's I've actually found evidence that um, you know, in like a in a an embryo before yeah. before anything's developed, there's just this fluid around. And the flow of fluid is actually what creates the cardiovascular system. Wow. So before the cardiovascular system is even there, fluid is flowing. And that flow is what drives the formation of endothelial lining that becomes a blood vessel and then actually forms the heart itself. And there's actually evidence to show that if you have poor flow, like your mother is not exposed to the right environments to mm-hmm. create flow, mm-hmm. that can heavily predispose that that uh, fetus to birth defects because or like heart defects mm-hmm. um, because flow is, is de- like, or the proper development of the heart is dependent on proper flow very early on. Like, so that's the first four weeks uh, of being uh, of conception because that's when the heart forms is in that first four weeks so very very important critically important um to have this proper flow and you know western medicine just completely ignorant of the fact that that flow happens in other ways besides this contracting heart which mm-hmm. is just uh, not true so and it it deli- then it really lends itself to a lot of work we did and dr hammer did and done with uh and um that the state of consciousness of mom and dad before, during, and after the birth, right around that whole time, has a can have a big effect on the body and that little soul in there, you know, working and it's fascinating. Wow. Yeah, wow. huge effect. And I've I've actually, um, you know, heard of different people who are you know having trouble conceiving, mm-hmm. uh, and basically they put their body in an environment that would energize the water in their body and create flow. And they go to full term. Babies completely healthy. You know, uh, they, they're literally having trouble conceiving for years, and then all of a sudden they do this, put their body in the right environment, and the body's like, "Oh yeah, let's do this." Well, so what kind of right environment are we talking about? Give us some ideas when you've worked with people on this. That's great. Yeah. So you know, pretty much any environment that will again encourage that coherence. Remember, coherence is about communication. Uh, so we want a proper collagen network. We want um, structured water around that collagen network, and so anything that addresses collagen um, and then also addresses uh, structuring water. So um, for the collagen, there could be store trauma. Um, there could be scar tissue from surgeries or injuries, things like that. Um, and so working through those things, breaking up that scar tissue with, you know, whether it's chiropractic or certain types of massage or different things like that. But then hydrating that collagen wow. again is really, really important. Yeah. And so that means structuring the water on the collagen. So the things that from our environment that energize the water are uh, sunlight, you know, or infrared light specifically, but most wavelengths of light um, energize water. Uh, so getting plenty of sun, grounding, putting your feet directly on the earth uh, definitely energizes water. Mm-hmm. And we see that because it energizes the water around the elements of blood, like the red blood cells, it's called zeta potential. And there's studies that show that grounding will do that. Um, but then, um, you know, just infrared, I mean, you get infrared light, so infrared sauna is really useful. You can get more therapeutic dose um, in this day and age, but also avoiding the things that break down structured water. So we're talking about the wrong types of electromagnetic fields, like the right types, like from the earth, that will structure the water, but the wrong types, these man-made ones, the Wi-Fi and the cell phones and things will definitely uh, break it down. And that's confirmed in Dr. Pollock's lab that, yeah. you know, th- like I think it's like 10 to 20%, it breaks it down. But also things like glyphosate will will break down structured water um, and and just different toxins like that. Anything that um, can act like a um, uh, 
a free radical. You know, free radicals are good. We need them and they're there for a reason. Uh, if we get too many or we get a state, state of oxidative stress, it can break down structured water in the body. So that's all this stuff is, is increasing that communication of electrons, protons, photons, phonons, all these different things that travel throughout this connection network and create coherence. So the body can do what it's supposed to, which, you know, is, is one, one thing it's supposed to do is, is be able to conceive and, and procreate, you know. And you've worked with uh, uh, childless parents and they've just got more incoherent with each other and God and everything. And all of a sudden the little baby says, okay, I'm here now. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. I've had, I've, and I write about in my book too, just kind of the intro to the chiropractic chapter. I, I talk about how even early on when I didn't know any of this stuff and I was just a new intern right. adjusting people, there is, there's been multiple times in my career where, you know, we just start um, adjusting the spine and changing their environment. And these women that were, you know, quote unquote infertile, or maybe it has something to do with, with the male side as well, yeah. um, were able to conceive or they were conceiving, but they were always miscarrying or something like that. And, and we started adjusting them and addressing this, this communication network in their body and, and they, they conceive and they go to term and they have a child, you know, so, um, you know, that's, it's pretty fascinating to me. And I can explain it in the way that I do as far as the connection network. Um, but, but uh, that's the best way I know how to explain it. But there's sometimes when I just step back and say, "This is bigger than me," that's what I and I just I'll let it happen. You know, um, it, it's a good thing, so yeah. don't question it. It's like you know, it's like telling somebody what God is, right? You know, okay, good luck with yeah. that. Yeah. You know. How did this happen? It's like, I don't know, but we did it. Good luck with that. Uh, Dr. Stephen Hussey is with us, as you can hear. Interesting fellow. His website is resourceyourhealth.com, and. Uh, a little bit later on, he's going to tell you about all the stuff that uh, he'll offer when you come visit him. If you'd like to join the show, our phone lines are open, 888-663-6386, email patrick1radionetwork.com. We have a, a monthly guest, Dr. Jennifer Daniels, down in Panama. She's really big on pig's feet and cow's feet and brain and you know collagen and you know all the chicken feet. Uh, you had mentioned uh, collagen, several times since you've been with you for the last 30 minutes. Um, what about, talk about collagen and what's going on with collagen in the body and then ways we can get more collagen in through our little mouths. Yeah. I mean, all those ways you just mentioned uh, that Dr. Daniels talks about um, are good ways to be getting collagen in, which it just goes to show that, you know, we're supposed to be eating the whole animal, yeah. um, you know, and uh, that's that's where all the good stuff is because lots of times there's so much focus on the muscle meat, but, um, and there's some collagen in the muscle meat, but it's higher in other places too. And and people, you know, they cut off the the cartilaginous parts of the steak and stuff and the connective tissue things. It's like, no, you know, get that in. Um, or if you don't want to chew on that for too long, you can boil it down and make a broth, you know, like get the, get the collagen in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really important. And so, you know, especially for, um, you know, if we look at a cell and it has what's called, what they call in the science is a microtubercular lattice, which is just a network of collagen, um, in the, in the cell. And, and the, yeah. And the, um, the people think that ATP is like this cellular energy and it drives everything in the cell, but that's really not what it does. And there's no way that we could make enough, um, even just to run the sodium potassium pump, which is uh, not what ATP does. I don't think what it does though, what ATP does is what it, it unfolds proteins, collagen, it unfolds collagen to create more surface area. Cause if you get a folded up protein, it's, it's kind of bound together and there's not much surface area, but if you unfold it, um, and you create all the surface area, then there's more surface area for water to structure itself onto the, onto the, um, 
uh, those collagen uh, fibers. And so um, that's the purpose of ATP. It's what it does. Because when that when that protein is unfolded and then water can structure itself onto that, we have proper coherence, uh, proper communication. And those collagen fibers through these little things called integrins um, go all the way down through the cell into the level of the DNA. And so the DNA and what's happening in there is being communicated from there all the way out to the, you know, the, the skin and everywhere, you know, like it's, it's literally goes everywhere. Think of this fascia. Mm. Lots of people think of fascia as like, um, like Spider-Man suit, just kind yeah. of this thing on top that kind of holds us together, mm. but really it penetrates all the way down to every cell into the level of the DNA. Um, and that's the, the structure that holds us together, but also allows us to communicate. And so that's the importance of collagen and healthy collagen, because healthy collagen is able to be hydrated by this water. And if it's not because it's scar tissue or some of that water is holding trauma or something like that, then like scar tissue is more this, this densely packed collagen because it was an injury and the body tries to repair it very fast. And so it lays down this very tightly packed collagen, which can't really hydrate. There's not enough space for it to hydrate. Um, and so that can interfere with the communication from one area to the next. Um, and so, you know, paying attention to the scar tissue um, and and uh, getting rid of it as much as we can is very helpful. And so one way or one thing that's been shown in the research to um, to help with uh, the scar tissue is infrared light, which makes sense because any type of movement, you create different movement in the body. So it doesn't necessarily have to be just someone treating you physically scar tissue, but it could just be you moving um you know just into movements like like yoga um or more aggressive movements if you're more into exercise and just like that will will help break up the collagen over time and then infrared light exposure is what allows it to hydrate um and get rid of it over time um so you know, i have a few scars from different injuries and, and i've noticed that using the sauna over time those scars have gotten smaller and i, I can't see them as much anymore um which is interesting yeah you yeah. know um you think it's the infrared so infrared light and that's doing it infrared light is 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 structuring the water onto the the collagen fiber so when i do I do see. a little movement and it breaks it up a little bit mm. the hydration of it is what what allows it not to go back to that scar tissue um tissue again and become more healthy collagen tissue um but you have to get the hydration so the sunlight i get and the infrared sauna i use like those types of things is what does that mm -hmm. uh julie uh, uh, wants to know the collagen that we can get uh, great lakes gelatin is this is is this beneficial to use and just as good as having the meat itself? Do you know that product? Yeah, I do. I that's the one product. I use actually. Huh. Um, yeah, and and I yeah, so I it's a hydrolyzed collagen. Yeah. Um, so a little bit different than what you would do to get it naturally, but it still does the same thing. Yeah, does it provides it? your body with the raw materials to lay down more collagen, and your body can recycle collagen really, really well. So it does that a lot. But if we're not giving it, um, you know, new stores of it or new supplies of it, then over time that that ability to recycle the same collagen over and over again gets gets less and less. Yeah. Um, and so I see people, you know, all the time, you know, their 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 skin is not very tight, you know, or or things like that. And it's just like because their collagen is suffering a lot, you know, because they're not replacing it and they're not hydrating it with with the right types of light. Mm -hmm. Hydration thing is just oh so huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's the first time we start thinking about it? What was it? Twenty five years ago, Batman Gelich. I remember I interviewed him. 25 years ago and and mm -hmm. when i was on a radio station in austin and your body money your body's many cries for water um dude we've been doing a lot of work and playing with salt do you think salt's important to help the body mm -hmm. to hydrate yeah there's this you know this whole aspect or discussion of hydration mm -hmm. uh, as people just think we should oh we should get a ton of water but really the type of water it is and then the environment the water is put into is just as important and so 
type of water needs to be clean, needs to be mineral rich, uh, very mineral rich, because that's what um, allows water to be more coherent and structure itself. And then it needs to be, um, well, I mean, it's ideal if it's somewhat energized, so to speak. So if it has that, it's holding that energy, um, which there's many different ways you can do that. You know, just swirling the water around in your glass will do that a little bit, or you can use those wands, or you can use, um, there's devices that will, you know, more expensive devices that will structure it for you, or, you know, just the, um, like you said, the shower burger, you know, devices that'll, um, or the glass things that will swirl it, you know, all these different things can energize it so that when it's ready next to a hydrophilic surface in your body, can structure itself mm. um, and the heart is creating that vortexing too it's energizing the water as it's moving through the heart um, and so that's very important but the minerals are key because water can't structure itself very well and then it can't it can't be transported um, as effectively into the cell unless it's hydrated on minerals Mineral. um, so the the structure of water will form itself around the minerals so which all makes sense to me because that's the way it comes naturally from the earth it, it comes energized from the earth full of minerals and clean that's that's what it's supposed to be. A lot of people like to dehyd because um, they're on city water and they like to um, distill it. When once you mm. distill it, that kind of just really takes everything, all the minerals and all the energy. I guess then there are ways you can then restructure it, remineralize it to make it good good to drink, right? Definitely, yeah. So you're if you distill it, that you're doing you're trying to do a good thing by getting the toxins out, yeah. you know, but it ends up creating and it's dead, <laughs> dead water. We want living water energized water so that needs minerals and it needs you know um energy which could be vortexing could be infrared light um could be um uh could be giving it good intention could be giving it gratitude you know uh definitely has an effect on it yeah yeah. as uh, so many people have shown doc can you stay right there we're gonna do a little break here Uh, what an interesting fellow huh dr uh stephen hussey and we'll talk about more about his books and more about the heart and take your emails as well on OneRadioNetwork.com. We have been using this far infrared sauna probably for, I don't know, uh, almost 15 years now. It's crazy. Yeah, a long time. Um, and um, I'm in mine virtually every night. Uh, you know, what I do doesn't matter to you, but I think you'd enjoy having it. I want to play a little tape here. This is from, uh, I'm sorry, his name is escaping me at the moment, but I'm going to play it because he's this... Um, PhD scientific geek that you see on TikTok. Really cool guy. I want to get him on the show. But he talks about uh, sauna and the heart. Let me see if I'll play a little bit of this for you. That the use of deliberate heat exposure can be a very powerful way to improve health and longevity. There's a wonderful study on this that was published in 2018 that includes a lot of data from a lot of participants in a lot of different conditions. This is one of several papers that clearly demonstrate that regular use of sauna or other forms of deliberate heat exposure can reduce mortality to cardiovascular events, but also to other events, things like stroke and other things that basically can kill us. And basically what they found was the more often that people do sauna, the better their health is and the lower the likelihood they will die from some sort of cardiovascular event. Now, how long were people exposing themselves to these hot environments? Anywhere from five to 20 minutes per session. In this particular study, they compared the effects of people that did sauna once a week, two or three times per week, or four to seven times per week. And what they saw was really remarkable. People who went into the sauna two or three times per week 
were 27% less likely to die of a cardiovascular event than people that went into the sauna just once a week. And in fact, the benefits were even greater for people that were going into the sauna four to seven times per week. Those people were 50% less likely to die of a cardiovascular event compared to people that went into the sauna just once a week. I want to just talk about the use of sauna as a tool and emphasize that you don't have to use a sauna in order to get Okay. Oh, we'll end it there. That's pretty pretty interesting, isn't it? I mean, stunning uh, kind of uh, results. Uh, the more you use it, the better your happier your heart is. And as I dig more into this fellow's work, he's mainly talking about heat too. And so if you add the infrared technology with the relaxon, I think, uh, you know, as Dr. Pollock suggests, that eaves early in the infrared sauna, he says you're structuring your water as you're sitting in the sauna. And then you get to talk to God, and at the same time, it doesn't get much better than that. If you want to get one of these guys, or girls, sorry, let's uh, cover all the bases, uh, just email me, the only way to get the best price ever that we can't even put in print, because we can't, but we sell them for the lowest you're going to get anywhere. Email me, and I'll let you know the price and how to get it to you. We ship them all over the world. The only place we haven't been able to ship them, we tried to send one to a lady in the military in Turkey. That didn't work. And then also to Germany, somehow, here, um, whatever her name is, she doesn't like sauna. So unless you live in Germany or Turkey, well, anywhere else we can ship them to you. And they'll come with the proper plug, right? So if you're in Australia or whatever, we all know that the United States has the right plug and all the rest of you have the wrong, I'm just kidding. No, that's not. <laughs> that's not true. Everybody's got their own plug, just like everybody has their own belly button. But we'll we'll ship it to you. Just email me, Patrick at one radio network dot com. Patrick at one radio network dot com. We have been doing this particular show for uh, I don't know, we're in our sixteenth year and and we did fine. We we it's just crazy. We just promoted products like the sauna and uh, survival products and, and all the rest of, you know, the Blue Shield um, and sulfur for 15 years. We would get a commission on the sale and everybody was happy and we made our house payment and had gas and food and water and it was great. So then about six months or a year ago, uh, that this started to change and we're not sure why. Probably most of it is that, because I'm pretty crazy and talk about stuff and scare a lot of people away, but... I don't think that's the total thing. I like to take responsibility for my issues here. But anyway, you know, inflation and all kinds of crazy stuff going on. But our sales are just not getting it any longer, even though our listenership is steady and sometimes up. So go figure. So we've got ourselves into a little conundrum, and we are raising some funds so we can uh, move to a different platform, a video platform where we're going to have to maybe charge for I think that's to be the way to go, a Patreon thing on the audio. I don't like the idea of charging, but we've been giving everything away for 15 years, so I guess it's our karma to support ourselves. So if you'd like to support ourselves in this transitional period, and also, by the way, uh, we had some persnickety things happening with our website where people were going in there and causing problems, not getting emails, also known as being hacked. And, uh, you know, we make enough people not, not happy with us to... That's not a stretch, right? But, you know. So uh, here it is. Just go to oneradionetwork.com. You'll see the fundraising uh, ad at the top page. 
Just click on it. You can do- donate $5, $10, $20, $30, or if you have a rich uncle, donate $100 and uh, get us through this for the next two weeks, and then we'll figure out what we're going to do from here. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Dr. Stephen Hussey, with the planet Earth, there's always something, isn't there? There's <laughs> always something. Yeah, it's great, huh? So, um, so, so let's talk about this thing called atherosclerosis. And we were told uh, after Framingham that if we ate too much cholesterol, the cholesterol would clog up and we'd have a heart attack, right? That didn't turn out to be true. That didn't turn out to be true. No. Yeah, I mean, if you, there's, there's no evidence for that, in my opinion. And there's no situation where an LDL molecule or cholesterol says, okay, I'm going to go embed myself into the lining of the artery because that's just what I do. You know, like there's no situation where that happens. Doesn't do it. And so if you, if we analyze atherosclerosis, um, it's clotting tissue, like it's fibrotic clotting tissue, the same type of tissue that would form if you cut your arm, hmm. you know, and it's bleeding and your body wants to stop the bleeding and it forms clotting tissue. We get a scab. The same thing happens on the lining of the artery. Um, and it's, and it's this buildup of clotting tissue. Now, there's lots of different reasons why the artery could become inflamed and damaged and and that would um and that would result in the, the body creating clotting tissue there um and so when people talk about cholesterol and they say oh well small dense ldl or oxidized ldl or lp little a these things are what cause heart disease it's like no it's the reason we're seeing those things is because there's lots of inflammation and that inflammation is damaging those particles giving you more oxidized ldl and small dense ldl but the inflammation is also damaging the artery. And if the body can't repair itself in time, um, then it will start forming clotting tissue. But the other fascinating thing about this is that there's this idea that a narrowing of an artery from a buildup of clotting tissue or buildup of plaque mm-hmm. on the coronary arteries, the arteries of the heart, will eventually restrict blood flow enough that it causes um, a heart attack, right? Uh, and that just is not true. Or it'll, um, it'll, it'll rupture and then all of a sudden you'll have a, a blockage of, of blood and you get a heart attack and that's just not what happens so there's this really interesting paper called the myth of the vulnerable plaque that shows that you know these inflamed plaques these soft plaques so to speak that the vast majority of the time greater than 95 percent of the time when they rupture a heart attack does not occur mm. um and so the reason is, is because the body's pretty good at just capping that off and healing it. So the atherosclerosis could build, like the narrowing of the artery could build over time. But when it ruptures like that, it doesn't cause a heart attack. And so as that, if this continues though, and this this uh, this plaque continues to form and narrow the artery more and more and more, the body will build collateral arteries around it. You know, it'll bypass it itself. Um, so anywhere there's more than 70%, you know, stenosis of an artery, they have found collaterals. Well, this one researcher named Baraldi, um, who did these autopsies on lots of different people, found that there was collaterals 100% of the time, anytime it was more than 70% narrowed. So that shows us why when we place elective stents, like when someone goes in and has an angiogram, and they say, oh, your artery's narrow, let's go mm. place a stent in there. Mm. That doesn't work. Uh, whether you get a stent or not, the research shows that it does not prevent heart attacks. Uh, just as many people have them as don't have them, whether they had a stent or not, because that doesn't work. The body's already bypassed it. It also shows us why um, uh, bypass surgeries don't work because um, if you look at the research on those, whether someone had a bypass or not, they're just as likely to still have a heart attack 
right? Uh, so there's this big industry of making money from these very expensive stents and surgeries like bypass surgeries, but in reality, they're not helping. They're not preventing because the body's taking care of it. It's building the collateral arteries. Now, people are probably sitting there wondering, well, what does cause heart attacks yeah. then? And so clotting does cause heart attacks if it's big enough, a, clot, a big enough clot forms, um, not a breaking off of a, a plaque, but a, just a random clot forms in the artery that's big enough to block part of it. That's how it happens. Um, and there are many, many things that can cause that to happen. Stress being the biggest one. Mm. Uh, if you look at what acute stress does to the body, all the clotting factors increase tremendously. Wow. So if someone is in this state of uh, inflammation because of their diet or their emotions or their toxic buildup or whatever mm-hmm. um and they're already in the state of inflammation and they have an acute stress boom we can get a heart attack which is why heart attacks are more happen more common on mondays the more common there's plenty of studies that show they're more common on stressful days of the year right yeah yeah that's how it happens um and wow. so it's just pretty fascinating um mm-hmm. that they're going in there and they're treating these stenoses or whatever and it's not helping um, but the other thing the most important thing this takes us back to what we were just talking about earlier is um heart attacks happen and clotting happens clot enough that clotting that's big enough to block an artery happens when there's poor or stagnant flow of blood or of anything in the body so you think about a puddle it's not flowing it'll get dirty it'll build bacteria it can accumulate debris whatever and you think about a river and how beautiful it is it's always flowing right um and so if we maintain flow in the body um, then we will prevent that uh, um, that stagnant blood because the stagnant blood is more likely to clot when we're in that state of inflammation or we have that acute stress. So we want to keep things flowing. And how do we decide earlier that we keep things flowing? We structure water mm. onto the lining of the artery into the elements of blood. And that is light, sunlight, infrared sauna, grounding, um, expressing gratitude, uh, love and gratitude, these types of things energize the water, you um, and, and keep things flowing. Uh, and so if you look at people, we're all in the wrong types of light. We're very disconnected from nature. Um, and then we have these inflammatory lifestyles and then we have an acute stress, boom, we have a heart attack, you know, and that's, that's in my mind, basically looking at everything is how this happens. And it's just so sad to me that the conventional way of addressing or preventing heart attacks is to lower your cholesterol and do these procedures that yeah. have been shown in research to not help at all. The, uh, Corollary arteries or collateral is fascinating. There are people that really looked at this, right? Who did you say? What was the fellow's name? The really uh, Baraldi, Baraldi was the one who who found that anywhere there's a seventy percent stenosis, there's always going to be collaterals, and it's always enough collaterals to fully compensate wow. the tissue with blood. Wow. And I've been told by cardiologists before that some people have them, some people don't. But Baraldi's research suggests otherwise. And I've been told that they can't form fast enough. And I found studies that, at least in animals, that those core uh, um, collateral arteries uh, can form within four days. Um, so they gradually induced a stenosis in an animal. I think that it was yeah. dogs. Yeah. Um, and and as they gradually did it, the, the collateral arteries formed in four days. Four days. Uh, fast enough Fast Whoa. enough to fully compensate the area. That, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's like, so, what is that about, right? The body is that intelligent, you know. To, it's going to keep this pumpkin going, right? And it's going to figure out a way to do it. It's going to figure out a way. Yeah, and the and the, and the thing is, is going back to flow and maintaining yeah. blood flow. Flow is what initiates the formation of those collaterals. Just like it forms the vascular system early on in the embryo, um, it does the same thing whenever the body needs collaterals. It uh, it forms. That's what the stimulus that creates the formation of the collaterals. So, 
maintaining flow in the body, not just flow of communication from electrons and protons through collagen, but flow of fluid in the body is incredibly important. And that's how we stay healthy and keep things, uh, keep things from getting stagnant and, and diseased yeah. and, you know, preventing clotting in the, in the case of the vascular system. So I would suppose then that the actual idea of really being hydrated well, um, is a, is a factor in the clotting, the, the clotting phenomenon, right? Water. Yes, hydrated, not hydrated. just in the sense that you're drinking a bunch of water, right. but that the water has minerals and that it's um, so quote unquote energized, you know, from the light and the grounding and things like that. Like so that's that's true hydration. It's not just consuming a bunch of water, yeah. it's it's the minerals and the light too. So So there must be things though that we consume, as clever as we are humans, that can cause things to start to happen in the arteries around the heart. Right? And what uh, you mean like like seed oils that contribute oils. to clotting? Yeah, seed oils and stuff like that, whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, whatever the bad stuff is these days. <laughs> well, it's it's the stuff that, uh, it's the, it's not necessarily just the food. Like the seed oils are bad because they're very yeah. pro-inflammatory, pro-oxidative, so they can create this state of inflammation. Um, but also the, the toxins in the food supply. You know, if you're eating processed food, you're consuming a very large amount of toxins. And those toxins are directly insulting to the lining of the artery, mm. or they're insulting to water to structuring water right wow. and so um there's this test called the erythrocyte sedimentation rate which measures you know how fast it takes or how long it takes for um red blood cells to kind of coagulate and settle to the bottom of something um and we don't want them uh to do it very fast uh so if they if they do it super fast that means that the structured water around the red blood cells has been compromised so we want them to do it you know relatively slowly that means we have good structured water there and we see this clumping you know we don't want the clumping of red blood cells because uh, if red blood cells are clumped that means they don't water around them which means they are not well separated because um, the fourth phase water is what allows them to kind of keep their spacing so they can move through the blood cohesively wow. um, and so you know i think one of the best tests for if you have vascular risk is there's the sedimentation rate but everybody's all just obsessed with the cholesterol panels and taking those which is kind of useless um uh, to an extent and so um it's really interesting and so but it's interesting that that test the esr is is measuring is kind of a test of of how well structured our water is in our body um so incredibly valuable test in in my opinion but regardless of if it's good or bad the answer is go get infrared light go push your feet on the earth you know like those that's the answers to, to staying healthy or or getting healthy if it's if it's not mm. so we've of course know about the idea of grounding and um so what exactly when we put the, our feet on the earth what is that doing then that's structuring the water in our bodies doc well it's it's really providing your body with electrons electrons um, so electricity you know so um you know the the earth is a conductive surface and we are a conductive surface, but the earth is always going to have more electrons than one of us. because It's just bigger and there's lightning striking it all the time, um, giving it electrons. And so that when we do that, when two conductive surfaces come next to each other, physics tells us that uh, energy will flow to the other one automatically, instantaneously. And so when we put our feet on the earth, electrons start flowing into us and they travel through that collagen network throughout our body which is why it's everywhere. It literally is everywhere in the body. So you can, you can put your feet on the earth, put your hands on the earth, do a handstand, head, yeah. handstand, whatever you want to do. And, and uh, you'll start conducting uh, electrons. And those electrons um, are one thing that energizes water so that when it's next to those biological surfaces, it structures itself. It becomes exclusion zone water. It becomes um, 
uh, it becomes uh, structured water, you know. But, you know, that structured water on the line of the artery, like I just said, exclusion zone, and it reminded me that one of the reasons it's called exclusion zone is because when that water forms there, that gel-like substance forms, it excludes anything that's not it. And, you know, Dr. Pollock in his book talks about how it excludes the protein albumin, which is the smallest protein present in the blood. So it's super small and it can't get through there. And guess what's, guess what's bigger than albumin? LDL, HDL, all of these things are all bigger. So there's no way that even if, even if they were problematic, there's no way they could get to the lining of the artery if we have structured water on it. Wow. Um, and, um, that zeta potential, which is structured water around the red blood cells and around the lipoproteins, it, it literally forms itself around everything in the blood. And so not only, um, are those things not able to get damaged if it has that structured water around it, they're also flowing through the blood easily because these electrostatic properties keep everything evil in space, kind of like, kind of hooked up like train cars, you know? So they're just kind of moving with momentum and going in the right direction, um, with this momentum keeps everything moving. So again, when we're talking about, structuring the water we talk about flow these are the things that that prevent heart disease uh prevent vascular disease specifically you know atherosclerosis um and then in the long run clotting that can cause issues not just in the heart but also in the you know in the leg people get uh, deep vein thrombosis or strokes or whatever you know um that's how we prevent it that's great it's uh, the 25th of july 11 o'clock in the morning central time if you're listening live you can call in like this person uh someone on the phone good morning who's this Hello. Hi, Patrick. Hi. Yes. Hi. Oh, hi. Yeah, this is Melanie calling from California. Hi, Melanie um, in California. You're on the air with Dr. Hussey in Virginia. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying uh, Dr. Hussey. I, um, we do a lot of grounding, and we, we didn't know about the benefits that comes along with the grounding. But I do have kind of an unrelated question. Uh, it's very quick. I'm planning on uh, doing a three-day fast on um, Friday, and I was just wondering, does Dr. Huffy have any recommendations or um, suggestions on how that fast should go? Because it's water only. So I'm just okay. kind of curious. Yeah. Dr. Huffy, what do you think? You've had an experience on your website I've seen of fasting? Yeah, so fasting can be very beneficial as far as creating uh, metabolic health, kind of um, upstarting that metabolism. I think, I think that, you know, there's lots of talk about fasting and I think that, you know, longer fasts to me aren't as necessary. Now, if someone's like super overweight uh, and they're they're really struggling with their health and they're trying to get metabolically healthy, then longer fasts can be more beneficial for those people and their quest to achieving health. Um, but I think that super long fasts aren't um, as necessary, especially for people who are at the level of health that they want. Um, I think more of the intermittent fasting is is important. And one of the big things that I like to tell people about fasting is that lots of times people skip breakfast and I would actually, based on circadian rhythm and when cortisol is highest and your cortisol cycles throughout the day, I'd rather be people eating eating uh, their food when that cortisol is higher, which is earlier in the day and then it kind of dwindles off, you know, late afternoon. Uh, I think that's best for creating this, um, this circadian rhythm and priming digestion for helping. Um, but that intermittent fasting, you know, where you're not eating for 16, 18 hours a day or whatever, I think is is beneficial um, or can be beneficial. Um, I don't think it's the most necessary thing to do or the most necessary hack for everyone to do to achieve health. I don't think you have to do it to be healthy, um, but lots of people do find that benefit uh, from doing that. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely research that shows that this intermittent fasting or even longer fasts can be beneficial 
to uh, heart health. Um, but uh, I, again, I don't think that it's necessary for everyone to do to achieve that level of metabolic health. And Melanie, before we let you go, what is the reason for mm-hmm. your three-day fast? What, what are you, just for fun, you trying to accomplish something in particular or just having fun? <laughs> well, it's kind of for fun because yeah. I'm primarily healthy. I don't take any medication, never, never will take any medication because mm-hmm. I already know, you know my body and I know how to basically prevent illnesses and different things like that. But um, I, I guess that last year I was exposed to, um, to EMF, uh, the radiation, because I lived right behind a tower, so I was really sick the entire time yeah. that I lived wow. there. Then I, you know, went to a functional doctor and had an EMF consultant come to my house and, you know, measure, and basically my house was toxic, so I had to move, and then after that, everything went away. So I guess, I don't know, I'm just trying to make sure to get my body as clean as possible um, from that incident that happened last year. Okay. All right. Yeah. For sure. I hope we are. So anything before she goes, Dr. Hussey, on her three-day some advice, some do's and don'ts during that time? Yeah, I, I think that, um, I, it just in my opinion, yeah. you know, if we're trying to like detox and, and everything, like I don't like the intense cleanses that people do, or um, I like people to kind of charge up their body, energize their body first by doing the grounding and the right type of light and that kind of thing, and then focus on the detoxing. And I still wouldn't want to do like this intense, like, um, you know, mobilize all the toxins and everything before that energy is present and before a detox can detoxification pathways are open, um, you know, elimination pathways and things like that. So, and detoxing is, is really something we should be doing every day. Um, you know, it's, we should be putting our body or, you know, creating a state where detoxification does happen. So that's minimizing the toxins we're exposed to and then upregulating the detoxification pathways like in our liver and sweating and things like that. And one of the best ways to increase detoxification in the liver is collagen protein because the, The uh, yeah, because the amino acids in collagen are um, very specific for encouraging the liver to make internal antioxidants, which is the real way that we get rid of a lot of those toxins. Cool. Thanks, Melanie, for calling. Appreciate. It. Hope this helps. Triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. Um. So, I heard you say if you wanted to do the intermittent fasting thing, you'd rather see folks eat some food and breakfast and lunch, two or three o'clock stop. And maybe then go till the morning to do the intermittent fasting, right? Yeah, that just that syncs up with circadian cycles a lot more, uh, which is a huge thing. Circadian rhythm or balance and circadian rhythm is is a huge driver of a lot of issues, uh, digestive issues, but also hormonal issues for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I like to. I mean, within thirty minutes to an hour of waking, you want you know, that first meal higher in protein um, to be there, and then you kind of eat, and then yeah, quit at least four hours before bed or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you're pretty much on the in the ketogenic zone. If I look at your website, you're kind of a more animal fat and fat and less carbs, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think carbs are evil, um, but I think that carbs in the, in the way that people are eating them are definitely not good for us. Um, but, you know, some carbs available in season could be fine. You know, it's, it's really about what creates metabolic health. Uh, so... Yeah, I tend to do more low carb, uh, definitely higher animal foods, pretty high in animal foods. But that that works for me really well because I'm type one diabetic, so I'm trying to regulate blood sugars like um, the average person isn't. So that works super well for me uh, to not have uh, those that many carbohydrates. Um, so yeah, yeah. About about a year and I don't know a year and a half ago, I started just eating carnivore. I just woke up. 
I'm just going to de- just eat meat and I'll see what works. You know, I'd never done it. And, and I, along the way, I would wake up and sometimes my blood sugar was like 65, my fasting blood sugar. Mm. I mean, that's, you know, it just doesn't move much when you just eat meat and fat. I mean, it just doesn't do anything, right? Yeah, it makes it very easy as a type 1 to regulate blood sugar. So when you call yourself a type 1, what, what do you, um, do you think there's an issue for you to even say that you have some kind of a issue like that? I mean, could you be, you know what I'm saying, could you be re-cementing that idea in your mind? I mean, yeah, yeah. potentially, you know, and, and I've, you know, the, the technical theory is that it's autoimmune in nature, and, and I don't know that I buy that. I don't, I don't, I don't even know if that exists general. anymore, what we're learning. Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, you know, yeah. all I know is that my if I if I don't regulate things with insulin, my blood sugar goes up. Um, it does. You know, yeah. if, I, if I do a workout, it goes up, yeah. and it doesn't come back down on its own. Like, that's normal for most people. It goes up during a workout. It goes yeah. out, up when you eat something. It goes up when I go on stage and speak in front of people because I'm nervous. You know, like, right, it just right. goes up in those times. And for the average person, it will come back down, and and mine doesn't unless I do something to bring it back down. Huh. Uh, huh. So that's just so right so that's, now. That's just where you are. I don't now. have to label that as any sort of disease. I that's just yeah. what I have to do. Right you now, know? you're so, you're working with that, trying to get that in balance and figuring out how to bring it back down, right? And yeah, could, and it, the, but yeah. you know, to your point, you know, there have been times in my life where I I, I felt like it was super easy. Like maybe I didn't do anything. And it just stayed normal. Yeah. So it's just like, well, how did that happen? <laughs> like, if I have this this pathology that's supposed to not be not making insulin, then like, how did for the last three days I barely do anything and it stayed normal? Like, where was my mental state in that time? Like, I don't know. And it's just all yeah. interesting things that I observed, you know. And um, yeah, you yeah. know, I, I think that. I mean, but it's it's funny too. My brother's also quote unquote type one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you can say what you want to say about that as far as. You know, do we have the genes that primed us for that, given the right circumstance? I don't know. Um, or you're just supporting each other because you love each other, right? So let's just do this together. That'll be fun. That yeah, hap- maybe that, he was empathizing that, with me and, sure. and it happened with him too. You that know, happens like, a lot. Um, yeah, it's interesting, yeah. You know, And so I, I'm always trying to get to the bottom of that as well. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely found new levels of abilities to quote-unquote control it. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, But yeah, I don't I don't like the labeling of things. Yeah. Um, as far as as that because it just it sends us that it gives us this mentality like yeah. you said it's yeah. just like if you label somebody as a certain thing like <laughs> right. i don't like to label myself as anything you're the problem because some people they hear chiropractor and they say well he does this this and this i don't want to talk to him it's like well you don't know that it's just one way that you can describe me but that's not who i am it's just it's just something that i happen to do or dr something. hussey i can tell you for certain that i spent several years thinking my thyroid was low and as long as I kept thinking it was low, it was low. And as soon as I let that go, it was fine. So I, I've seen <clears> it happen in, in 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 life. You know, I mean, but think about it. There's no way, in my opinion, that I could say, well, I really have a low thyroid because I took the TSH and, well, I really have to do something. Now, how is your thyroid going to be happy if you really believe that? I mean, it can't be yeah. happy, right? It can't yeah. be happy. And and we know through like you know Bruce Lipton and Candace sure, Burt, sure. molecules of emotion how how those emotions control our physiology or can contribute to control our physiology. So definitely very fascinating. Yeah, I think the emotions and the physiology are one. Myself, I think mm-hmm. it's just like a hologram. So if you say I'm really I'm really worried about this, well then your whole body is worried. You know, mm-hmm. that's my one too. Like we talked about the water too, and there's there's definitely evidence that if you express love and gratitude to that water, yeah, it's more cohesive. And guess what I'm made of. Water. Water. 
So if I'm expressing or having these thoughts of a certain way, then that water is just imprinting itself and being what it is. You mentioned because I'm, I'm telling it to be. So you're yeah. you're you you're right there. You're, yeah. You mentioned Vita Austin. We had her talk to her, and I know you you've seen her work. And isn't that fascinating about just thinking about something in the water and you freeze it and it's there? I mean, what's that about? Holy camoly. Like, that's a, that's a level that that's that right. maybe we're not supposed to understand you know maybe maybe it's just it is what it is and we take that information and we run with it and because that's what i kind of think sometimes we get too obsessed with trying to understand why something is sure. and in reality we should just return to what's real you know because if we get too far down this rabbit hole of trying to explain something like medical science is done then we get too, too caught up in these hyper realities i kind of feel like and so when in reality we should step back and be like what's real light is real human relationships are real um and the ground is real like those are the things that are creating health and it's just direct experience you know yeah. that those are the only things that we know for sure are going to create health uh, rather than all these different biochemical reactions and things we think we know i couldn't agree with you more and i and i'm a perfect example of doing it the wrong way because i do a talk show and i love to dig in and get geeky right and look at all this stuff like we're going to do a show about time but i know at the end of the day that the only thing to do is just be in love, fall in love, and uh, be in love, eat good food, go walk around, and it's going to work out on itself. But I guess since we have certain jobs, it's our karma, you know, to learn about it, to teach it, and whatever. It's, but I know yeah. it makes well, me crazy know, on some level. There's no, there's no harm in like investigating and yeah. finding out information, but always do that in the context of this bigger, broad scheme of things. I yeah, think. yeah, like it's just, it's just all God stuff anyway. And but I, I think we, we humans do like to try to figure it out so we can fix it, right? <laughs> yeah. We, oh, yeah. Well, I can fix that. Oh, you know, I can fix that, right? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we we fix it, quote to speak, and then we create a bigger issue. Right? Oh, yeah. We um, create a bigger or, thing. Or we get ourselves bogged down into, oh, it has to work this way because I found out the information. And right. then we we can kind of get dogmatic about it. And and even if it's not working, even though we've convinced ourselves that it should work that way, but it's not, we have trouble stepping back and being like, well, changing again. Yeah. You know, I see that with diet all the time. And one of my favorite quotes is, the diet that healed you may not be the diet that's best for you the rest of your life. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. So, so we have to, you know, it's just because it had this great impact and benefit for you doesn't mean that you have to stick with that forever. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Here's a good one for you. This is from uh, Alfie. Uh, I've been doing some resistance training of late, doing more meat uh, and fat. Does your guest have any tips on building muscle as far as diet? You're a muscle guy. You know about muscles. I mean, as far as diet goes, um, you need you need protein, and you need protein that's um, more well absorbed. So it sounds like they're doing the right thing as far as the animal protein, because that's the yeah. most bioavailable protein for us. As far as our digestion is set up to to extract amino acids from, whereas plant protein is it's much harder for us to extract amino acids from. So um, I would say that you know, I'd say one gram per kilogram of body weight uh, per day. Uh, is what you would need to, to I guess, maintain the muscle um, that you have. So if you wanted to gain muscle, then you want to increase that, um, get more than that. Um, and for reference, I think like, well, I guess depending on the size of the of the ribeye, you know, it's about 45 grams of protein, but depends on the size of it. Um, but uh, but yeah, so getting that, and then you know, you know, challenging your muscles, you know, uh, you know, getting them to. I tell that I say it like. Tell them they're not good enough. <laughs> if you tell them they're not good enough, they'll get better. That's right, get better. Uh, so, Go more. Yeah, yeah, so you have to put that resistance against it. And you don't need that much, actually. I mean, there's a really good yeah. book called Body by Science by Doug McGuff oh, um, that shows that, that yeah. you know, you, 
yeah, you, um, you you just need to tell your body it wasn't good enough for a very short period of time, and then it will get stronger, and you will you will gain. Because um, I don't want to be you know some huge bulky guy. Nothing against bodybuilders, but that can restrict motion. Um, it can create scar tissue, um, which interferes with that coherence. Um, and uh, and so, uh, but I do want to maintain muscle mass at your age. It's very very important. Um, so you know, right amount of protein and the right stimulus to the body, but also hydrate. There's hydrate. lots of water in muscle. Yeah. Um, so, you know, getting in the right light environments uh, to, to structure that water onto the, the proteins in the muscle and things like that. As far as exercise and what we sometimes call cardio, I don't even know that's a good word anymore, but I just do the burst exercise where I get on my rebounder and I run as fast as I can, you know, for 30 seconds. I can get my heart three mm-hmm. times my fasting heart rate, three times mm-hmm. in maybe 30 mm-hmm. seconds. And that's all I do these days. And uh, my heart is just strong, I can tell, you know. Um, yeah, and that's actually best for the heart because this cardio it? stuff, I, there's a whole chapter in my book about mm. how this long endurance cardio, you know, specifically like marathoning, which, you know, I'm not I'm not bashing like running and stuff like that in short distances, but but specifically marathoning and these intense uh, endurance exercises um, have been shown to increase scarring of the heart. Because I just don't think that um, we were necessarily you know, designed to run that much that long. People argue with me, you know, they say that we ran down our prey and that was the evolutionary thing we did. But <laughs> but if you look at the studies, you know, we're increasing scar tissue of the heart, people who did that. Now, there's lots of different factors. It's never one thing. But I guess my argument is, is that you don't need to run that long or to do that type of endurance exercise to, to maintain health and be the healthiest you can be. Um, and so if there is a slight risk, then I, I would I would try to avoid it and do what I needed to do, which is like the burst training, you know, like do that kind of stuff. It's way more efficient um, at building the health that we need. Um, and there could be some downsides, some more long endurance stuff. I kind of look at it like, okay, Hart, why don't you, you know, do this for 30 seconds because we may, we may need to do this longer sometime. And the heart says, okay, well, I can do that. You know, I, I can do yeah. that. Yeah. Nice, little, nice little agreement with the heart there. Yeah, it's like, it's nice to have yeah. it. Um, uh, network.com and Dr. Stephen Hussey. Um, what do you know from a, on a chiropractic idea? And uh, I've had this one trigger point in my neck for like 30 years. I'm still trying to get after it. Do you have any ideas? Because every now and then, you know, you can move your neck and you get this electric shock kind of thing. You know, it's like, it's <clears throat> getting closer to it. But do you have any tips on how to really get at that or? Yeah, I mean, if it's a if it's if it's a trigger point, like a true trigger point, then it's the scar tissue scar in the muscle, um, and so direct compression of it. Um, however, you can do that. I mean, it may be a hard area to get to mm-hmm. in the neck, um, but direct compression of it is what will um, create this kind of surge of hyaluronic acid into it, which is what will you know not only um, hydrate the area but also break up the the scar tissue, huh. so that it can lay down new healthy tissue. Um, and they call it ischemic compression. Um, but I don't like that because that the, the thinking there is that it takes the blood supply blood supply away for a while, and then new blood rushes back in, and that's what heals it. But in reality, it's it's breaking up the scar tissue, and then hydrating it afterwards. Um, that's the really important thing with the trigger point in a muscle uh, to do is that that direct compression, so that you break up the scar tissue. Now, if it's more of a ligament or a tendon. Um, you know, directly close to the spine, that's where chiropractic is, is more effective because I can create that instant motion in there. And and what it does is it creates this, um, what's called piezoelectric um, stimulus, which piezoelectric just means that it's, if you put com- like compression into a tissue, like you, you either stretch it um, 
pretty quickly or you compress it really quickly, uh-huh. it does the same thing as that fourth phase water. It creates that charge separation and that creates energy. And that energy is traveling through the collagen network of the body. Um, but that stretch is what breaks up the collagen and then allows it to hydrate if you give the right light and creates that electricity. And it's it's called this piezoelectric or piezoelectric effect. Um, but it's that stress, that compression of it, that's the important thing. Uh, in your many years of uh, chiropractic and your work, have you ever come up with um, some contraptions, you know, stuff we can actually buy with, which we love to do because we think it's going to cure us, right? <laughs> that, that are worth the money? Have you ever found something that, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, structure like, and flow, stuff like that? Yeah, I, well, I mean, like different red light panels yeah. can be useful for someone who's, you know, has a spot of scar tissue or whatever that just needs some treatment. That's why I would like the low level light therapy, just the lasers, you know, that's the red light that goes in there and hydrates the collagen. Like those are, those are pretty useful, but just then, you know, like I said, that, that piezoelectric effect happens with any type of movement really. And so mm-hmm. getting people to, if there's a device that can get people to move more than they've been moving, you know, they can come into my office and create that motion while they're there. Cause I know they're not going to do it anywhere else unless they get to a different level in their life and they just decide to start doing it. Then I'll help them do that. Um, but if they're not going to do it anywhere else, then anything I can do in my office that does that is helpful. So like I have them sit like on what we call, we call it a wobble disc, but it's just like a, it's basically like sitting on an exercise ball, mm. you know, so they can just move back and forth. And I'm, I'm having them create motions in their spine that typically throughout their day are not happening. Um, because they're either sitting behind a desk or they, or whatever, you know, or, um, I like the little the wall traction devices, you know, that they can kind of hang from and it creates that curve in their neck. Oh. Um, because ultimately if we look at the structure of the spine, it's supposed to have those nice curves in it. And unfortunately, when I look at people, they don't have it anymore. Like, um, neck. and that, that curve is what allows not like a scoliotic curve, you know, from, mm-hmm. from the back, but looking at it from the side, it's supposed to have those nice curves. That's what allows the spine to spring. And absorb shock like it's supposed to and function biomechanically like it's supposed to uh-huh. and so people have lost those curves because you know, for whatever reason there could be a past trauma or injury that they had that changed the function for a while that kind of stayed that way or people just doing long sustained postures looking down at phones and screens all the time like and it's just as they're growing up it just forms that way um, and that interferes with that that proper motion that plays an electric effect of the spine when you move it so anything that can get people just do that so you know, that's why I like those neck traction devices because they put the body in a stimulus that creates that curve in the neck again um, so that the body can function or the spine can function as that shock absorber like it's supposed to. Does just leaning back, stretching like that, is that beneficial for the neck? Yeah, sometimes they even tell people just, um, like I have a chiropractic table, but even just like Hang at on. home, just kind of lay on the edge of the bed and just lean their head back all the way over the yeah. over the side of the bed, you know, um, and just create that that little that mechanical stress in the ligaments uh, into into the vertebrae, you know? Yeah. Here's an email from Lynn. How can heart rhythm be restored in atrial fibrillation? Atrial fib- What mm-hmm. is atrial fibrillation the cause? Do we know? Atrial, atrial fibrillation is just, you know, um, heartbeats that, uh, you know, like a- arrhythmias, you know, when the heart is not beating, uh, it has these periods where it goes really fast and then really slow, you know, and just have these arrhythmias, you know? And, um, and you know, Heart rate variability is the measure of coherence, so to speak. Um, but it's really heart rate variability shows us that normal hearts don't beat on a regular count. You know, they kind of have this variability between beats. That's what the measure of a healthy heart is. Um, now, if it gets too variable, like in an arrhythmia, that's obviously not um, 
not not good. Um, and the reason, I guess, the the concern there is that some of these arrhythmias can leave us more predisposed to clotting because we're increasing turbulence in different areas. So to me, um, what I want to do is, first of all, magnesium deficiency has been associated with arrhythmias because um, the heart is a muscle and magnesium is what muscles use to relax. Um, but also looking at flow, um, making sure that things are flowing properly. So again, that's the infrared light um, and grounding and things like that. Um, because, you know, there's, there's studies that show, like I was talking about with uh, the embryos, if the flow is not happening, then the heart doesn't develop properly and the heart conductive system also doesn't develop properly which I know doesn't help this person because that's something that would have happened way back when they sure. were in their mother's womb. Um, but you know, um, that's one of the, one of the main reasons I think that we, we have people predisposed to arrhythmias is because the conduction system didn't, um, function or didn't develop properly because there was poor flow during development flow of fluid. Um, but then another thing is balance in the autonomic nervous system, you know, so what is your heart rate variability? Um, and, and kind of tracking that and then doing things to try and improve it. I'm not huge on like getting all these numbers and trying to treat the numbers and improve just those, you know, I, I like people to kind of reflect and say, how do I feel, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but that can be a useful tool because if you know what your baseline heart rate variability is, you can see what things improve it because, you know, if you get a surge of a stress response, um, because there's imbalance in your autonomic nervous system and your, and your fight and flight and, and rest and digest signaling, you know, if there's, um, this imbalance and that signaling that we can get this surge and that can create this arrhythmia temporarily. And then it kind of fades away. Um, so that's something to consider is, is looking at heart rate variability. And then the one thing that I know Dr. Cowan talks about a lot um, is uh, wobbying um, because yeah. that's going to increase that, that non-stress signal to heart tissue specifically. And we make wobbying in our kidneys um, or in the adrenal glands really, but you know, the old Chinese proverb is kidneys nourish the heart. So, um, but in our adrenal glands, um, but uh, we can give ourselves a little more of it uh, therapeutically and see if that see if that works because um, they can increase that non-stress signal to to the heart. That's called wobbling, and also what's the other word for it? Strophanthus. Strophanthus. I think Doctor yeah. Cowan has that on his website as well. Yes, right. That's little, the only place I know to get it. Yeah, a little little drops from an herb in Brazil or something like that, right? Somewhere, mm. mm-hmm. and that'll help. Yeah. So another. So the way forward for Lynn, who has this. Uh, atrial fibrillation she could find somebody to do a heart rate variability test and that would she could measure it herself there's different devices that she could get you know there's there's aura ring or biostrap or i mean some of the fitbits and and apple watches do it i'm not a huge fan of those wearable devices um but um you know with the aura ring i can shut off the the wi-fi at night and just wear it at night um, and let it measure my heart rate variability and take it off in the morning that's the way i use it um but uh, yeah, there's different devices she can use in her home to measure heart rate variability. Um, but yeah, and then yeah, so like getting getting um, her baseline of that and getting used to that. But then also magnesium and minerals in general, really. Um, so that goes back to hydration. It's not just water; it's minerals, it's structuring the water, um, and then uh, and then flow. Paying attention to flow, uh, making sure that she's putting her body in an environment that enhances blood flow and lymphatic flow. Um, is huge for those types of things. And I would, I don't just, in my opinion, I would, I would, I guess that just worry and angst and tension of all kinds uh, contributes to this too. It has to. Right? Yeah, and it's those things are tough, you know, yeah. because I mean, the stresses that the evidence shows that are the most detrimental to our health are the stresses that make us feel like we're out of control, 
or in, in or in unpredictable environments. So they did these studies on people like in a company, a big company, and the people who were lower down in the company and had less, you know, um, less uh, secure pay or less secure hours or less job security. Those people had these stresses that made them feel out of control and it had a much more detrimental effect on their health. They had poorer health outcomes. Whereas the people higher in the company reported just as much stress, but it was stress they were in control of. They were the CEOs. They were in control of everything. So it didn't really affect them negatively. So when we look into our life and we see all the stresses that are quote unquote harming us or affecting us, those are the ones that if we can, are best to mitigate is those stresses that make us feel that way. Because that's tough, you know, it's just, it's telling someone not to worry is, it's a hard thing. You know, sometimes we have to change our perception of a stress, you know, and, and kind of look at it from a different point of view and, and see if we can kind of mitigate the stress that way. And one exercise I like to do, which some people don't like when I tell them this, or they, they get scared that, uh, that they'll want to do this, but sometimes they say like, you're worried about something happening or there's something stressing you out. And I just say, well, in your mind, kind of think about what would happen if that did happen, mm-hmm. what would, like, what would you do? Mm-hmm. You know, whatever, play it out in your head and, most of the time you get to the end and you realize, well, it would be okay. Yeah. You know, it would be okay. And it would still be awful that it happened, you know, and we want to try to prevent it from happening, obviously. But if you just kind of allow yourself to, to realize that it would be okay in the long run, if even if that did happen, that, that terrible thing that you're, you're fearing, um, it allows you to have more control of it. Um, yeah. which allows you to, to hopefully be more, um, at peace with it. Um, and not, not allow it to create this state of worry that's bad for your health allows you to worry about it in a way that, you know, you're preparing for it not to happen or trying to get it not to happen, but it's not creating poor health. Yeah, I think that's well said and good advice. I mean, I think we've all spent, uh, you know, good part of this lifetime where we get this fear image, just an image, a thought or a feeling, and then we don't like it. So we don't want to go back to it. So, and when we do that, then it comes back more because we've given it that much. And it's just a circle, right? And it can go on forever. Yeah. When people worry about their kids their whole life, when they could just walk through it, like you say, contemplate it, dig into it, and you get to the point where you just face the tiger, and after a minute, he's just right there and say, well, okay, what are you going to do? Eat me if you do? Well, okay, well, bandage it up. <laughs> or, or, yeah, right? You like, know, like, that's it. You know, well, there's an interesting story <laughs> that I read in a book one time called The Story of the Five Monkeys, yeah. and it kind of goes hand in hand with this, and it basically, it's kind of a cruel experiment, but and I don't think it really happened. But um, there was these five monkeys in a cage and there was these bananas at the top of a, a ladder. Yeah. And every time one of the monkeys would go for the bananas, they were all the monkeys were sprayed with high pressured cold water, right? Um, which was bad for them, right? So, you know, monkeys would try and go get it and then they would start to hold each other accountable. Like, no, don't go get the bananas because um, we're, gonna, we're all gonna get sprayed. So then they took one monkey out of the cage and put a new monkey in who had no idea what was happening. And he was like, guys, there's bananas there, let's go get them. And so they try and go get them and all the monkeys stop them. And they're like, no, oh. we can't get those because something bad will happen. And so they keep replacing the monkeys one at a time. And all of the monkeys eventually have have never had this bad experience happen to them, but they've just been told it will happen to them if they try and go the, for those bananas. And so sometimes I feel like our fears are that in a sense that we're being told these bad things will happen. Yes. When in reality, maybe they won't. Um, or maybe they're just, you know, artificial fears that have been programmed into our brain from these hyper realities um, that we're getting all these messages and signals from. Like, you know, just like with, with the carnivore diet, you can't do that. You know, that's crazy. 
you know, that, that people will say that, you know, but in reality, lots of people are doing it and they're feeling pretty good. And, yeah. and, and it's just, you got to kind of test those waters a little bit and not necessarily be so programmed by these hyper realities that are creating this fear, yeah. you know, that's creating this stress response in our system. That's it's leaving in the, us in this uh, imbalanced state of our autonomic, autonomic nervous system. Yeah. And that'll keep you up at nights, right? If you just get in there and <laughs> dig around. Well, Dr. Hussey, you're really fun to talk. Oh, before we go, I just want to get a little bit, if you don't mind, extending a little bit. So this, this, are you, when you, in your book, The Health Evolution, Why Understanding Evolution is the Key to Vibrant Health, are you talking about like the big evolution, the big E evolution thing? Yeah. Have yeah. you really looked into yeah, that? It's, it's kind of a thing that gave me a lot of answers, and I like looking at things from that perspective. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so it's just, that book's just really a big understanding of why I think we're, uh, we have so much chronic disease and it really goes back to, you know, our removal from the things that the stimuli that, that create health in our bodies. And we've kind of removed them uh, from our lives in modern society. So we're living indoors, eating unnatural food, having unnatural stressors and things like that. So um, whereas the second book, Understanding the Heart, is more about the ins and outs of everything I've kind of figured out about the heart and heart disease. Mm-hmm. I see. Cool. Uh, and both of those are on Amazon, I see. You can get them there. Yeah. I'll get them in your... Yeah. And tell us about your before you tell us about your website and what folks will find there when they go to resourceyourhealth.com. Yeah, my website is where I run uh, my um, uh, it's my website for my health coaching. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people want to work with me online; they can they can find that there. Um, you know, I have uh, my books on there and the products I promote, and my blog is on there, so people can check that out. And I'm on social media a bit reluctantly but you know it's it's free <laughs> advertising and i get to get my message out there for free so um i i'm on there so people can find me it's just dr stephen hussey dr stephen hussey um on there and then my books are yeah, on amazon um the heart book is also on the publisher's website people don't want to use amazon um uh, so they can find it uh, at the publisher's website which is chelsea green publishing cool i just thought waking up the other morning I, and i said and i said do you think a lot of the the big um, um, goals for people on the earth plane these days is to never have to use your phone again or your internet. I mean, it's probably a deep, a deep desire that we all have, right? Maybe I don't want to do this yeah. anymore. I just don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, and there's times where I have to, I kind of check out, I call it, um, you know, like fasting from the tech or fasting yeah. from that kind of stuff, you yeah. know, and try and remove myself. Or I like, sometimes I'd like to use my phone because it tells me where there is no signal. And I'm like, okay, this is the place I want to be. You know, <laughs> it tells me when I've lost signal. And that's that's a good thing that my phone does for me. Uh, I can go to that place more often. I think I'm going to move there and just live there. <laughs> Dr. Hussey, thanks for being here. It was really fun talking to you. We appreciate your work. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me, Patrick. It's been a pleasure. Dr. Stephen Hussey, cool guy, huh? Resourceyourhealth.com. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to do a little break here, and then I'm going to, I think, grab a little, maybe some blueberries or something, and then we're going to talk about uh, time and just get really geeky about time. I just love, I love talking about this stuff. It's it's a trip. Uh, Yeah, I woke up the other morning. Well, I had this soul travel experience, and uh, I was just thinking about time and looking at it, and, and, and I knew my body was sleeping, and it was crazy, and I was just awake the whole night, just thinking, you know, contemplating this time thing. I'll talk more about it. Yeah, give me about 15, 20 minutes, and I'll be back, and then we'll uh, we'll put it up on Facebook, and or, I mean, sorry, BitChute, and One Radio Network. So, thanks for your support. 
with our little uh, thing we got going on. If you'd like to uh, to support us, we got a little fundraiser thing happening, and that's happening right now. One Radio Network, you see the ad on the top, and if you want to uh, donate a few bucks to us, and you can go on there, and it'll, it'll, it'll explain to you why we need to do this, and not our favorite thing to do, but you know, I'm not bashful about asking for help when you need help, and because we need help. So that's that deal. We'll see you in just a few minutes. Thanks to Dr. Hussey. Uh, may the blessings be. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Hello, this is Patrick Timpone. It is the 21st of July when, when I'm recording.